0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Tranch in the northwoods of Wisconsin. And it's that time of year where we actually notice the days are slowly getting longer. They are. Which is great. Because I, I, I enjoy winter till about three days after New Year's and then yeah, I'm done with it. I know. And so I'm ready for summer and it's still a long ways off, but at least the days are getting longer where I could see the sun after five o'clock.
1: Absolutely. So that's a bonus. You know, though, I tell you, on days like today where it's sub-zero and the sun comes sub-zero, out. Sub-zero, so like below zero. Yeah, to the left of zero, yes. Down, left. below. It's to the left. Okay, to on the a, left. On a round thermometer, it's to the it's left. A round
0: thermometer, okay, to the left.
1: And on a, a cheesy flat thermometer, it must go down.
0: Okay. <laughs> we were having English. Dis- We were having a discussion offline where, where Dave mentioned that tonight and tomorrow or in the next couple of ga- days, The temperature's gonna get up to minus fifteen or twenty below, and I'm like up. I'm like usually below is down.
1: Yeah, but you got to get up and feed the fire. Yeah, so there's uh, a lot of up involved when it goes down. So you might well
0: that comparison doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to. You got to get up because you actually physically get up to go feed the fire.
1: So when it gets cold, you get up. What? Exactly. All right. I'm glad we agree on something. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know if I just won that or not, but I, if, if we just leave it, I'm maybe. Not,
0: let's just leave it, because I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, You don't
1: have to be. <laughs> Nobody does. Of course it's somebody. one of those conversations. I feel like
0: we're talking about, like, where does the Internet start?
1: Uh, I know it starts. I, I'm not going to say because I get all kinds of bad letters, but oh, some, okay. some politician's basement. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyways, yeah, anyways we we'll go the days, from there. the days are getting longer. Let's go back to that where we yeah, know what were. And talking this about.
1: morning I was out because I, I had doctor's appointment early and I was out driving and the sun was coming up. And I thought, apart from it being blasted cold, yes. it's gorgeous. Out oh, gorgeous. It, I mean, absolutely wonderful. Beautiful sunset.
0: sunrise this morning. And the moon's
1: been full and beautiful yep. Yep. at night. So it's like, oh, and these, in the morning. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> round the clock. That's right. We're not even in Alaska. Oh man! Uh, we've been talking about uh, just lessons that we should uh, try and teach young people before they get to the point where they're not willing to learn anything. And
0: is that because you can't teach an old dog new tricks?
1: That's partially true. Yeah, but even more importantly, I've talked with you before. I've talked with a lot of people on educational kind of ideas or philosophy. It's always it, it seems like we put so much effort into to rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. or uh, uh programs after somebody has a problem, oh, yeah, and you know what we need to do that, we need to fund them. There are people with problems. I'm not against that, but as an educator, I would like to put all those places out of business, right, so I would like to never have to deal with a suicide hotline ministry mm-hmm. in other words we, we'd like to teach in a way yeah. where nobody wants to commit suicide.
0: Where okay. you can prevent it on the front end,
1: right? So I'm not I'm not saying I want to do away with anything because the problem when it exists, we got to deal with it, got to yeah. figure out how it happens, see what we can do to rehab, and, and that's really important, and that's very expensive. But everybody who's even semi logical yeah. knows that the real effect of money is spent on the preventive side, right?
0: It's but, just harder to measure the outcome. It's impossible because if you're successful. It's impossible, you know. It's not gonna, you know. Yeah, yeah it's just impossible. Yeah,
1: it's impossible. I, in fact, I was talking to a guy this morning. You you know him, and and we were just talking about the ministry of Silver Birch Ranch and the people that worked here. And he said, "Yeah, you know, um, I know Jason, and he, he was just talking about your your good family man. You give a good, you know, that kind of stuff." And I thought, "Yeah, you know, what you're saying is that he, in my head, you came out of the same cloth I did." Yeah. You know, we came from the same background. We came from the same. I understand where you came from. I understand you love your wife. You love your children. You should and you do. Mm -hmm. And and okay, well, those are things that the world needs to look at and say, I would like that for my life. Yeah. Well, you don't get there by accident. You need to do things in life to get there. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing you really need to do is observe somebody who does it. Yeah. That's number one. So mom and dad, if you're listening today, you have young kids. Number one thing you need to do is demonstrate to your children a commitment to God, a commitment to your spouse, and and walk with God, commitment to them. You demonstrate that. And when they grow up, they will see it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, in Proverbs, there's a verse that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he um, grows old, he won't depart from it. Mm-hmm. That is in the same vein. If you go into the New Testament and you look at where it says, uh, enter the narrow gate, yeah. narrow road. The way you go, what's being said there is, train up a child on the path mm-hmm. that he should travel. Right. And you'll see when he gets old, he won't get off it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a path they're talking about there. It isn't a, a one thing yeah right. it's a it's a style it's a path it's a so what do you do in your your life when there's trouble so your kids are watching what do you do when you celebrate you they're watching what is it that gives you significance and security in life they're watching yeah what you're doing is setting a path mm-hmm. and when they get older they're going to do that now i watch my daughters they're older and uh, I'm very proud of them, but both of them are so service-minded. Yeah, you know, one's in a church, always man, the, working with the the junior high. That's it. Working as a teacher in a Christian school. That that's it. You know, I mean, that's it. One's a social worker. Got to serve. Got to go do this. Got to take care of that family, buying kids jackets that don't have them and giving them to them and, and, and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's in their DNA. Yeah, they grew up doing that. So now they're in a situation where their life is demonstrating that that's how they live. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's from observing. Now, if you look at my brother and I, you and I were talking about that earlier. You know him. We do the same things. Yeah. See, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he gets old, he won't depart from it.
0: Right, so it's focusing on those foundational building blocks that as they grow up, they work off of. Right. And so if we can focus early on on healthy building blocks for them to 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 react to people situations in life, then hopefully they can have a healthy journey. It right. sets them up on that journey in a more healthier way. And that's where even you know, oftentimes we focus on the later part when they get older and try to correct that and it's so much harder to correct those foundational blocks because they're they're there and there's so much built up on it
1: already. Yeah. Yeah, it's really impossible to correct the foundational blocks without affecting the building. Right. And so you want to set those right in the first place. Yeah. You know, I mean that that's really what you're looking for is to set them in the in the first place the way they should be. And what's really interesting, most couples don't ever talk about what we're teaching by our example.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't do that, and we live in our own bubble. Yeah. So. We might believe that we're teaching something, but we're not. So you can ask yourself, I, I can go through the Bible and say, okay, it's important to have faith in God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so how does your marriage demonstrate that?
0: hmm
1: Not not how do your words say it?
0: Right. How do you how do you, how are you actually living that out? Yeah, how how does it
1: demonstrate it? The Bible tells us that we have to love our enemies, right? Right. So how does your marriage demonstrate that you do that? Mm-hmm. Or do your kids hear you curse your enemies all the time?
0: Or badmouth them or talk exactly. Or so,
1: about them. Exactly. So, absolutely. What are the what road are you on? Mhm. Because I promise you your kids will be on that road mm-hmm. when they get older. And you know, so many how many times, you know, you and I, Jason have been around a lot of years here. Yeah. Um and so many times I'll see someone walking around at camp in the summer and I'll pause and I'll go I know their grandparent. Hmm. I used to say their parent.
0: Now you say grandparent. I think
1: I know their grandparent. Or it might be their parent, but if they're eight years old now, I probably know their grandparent. Yeah. You know, and I look at them because they, and why? They walk like them. Mm. They talk like them. Yeah. They put them on a path already.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Without even like, like even a subconscious path sometimes absolutely, because of just the way that they are and, and the observations that are made.
1: Absolutely. And our kids will pick up the characteristics from each of us. They'll embrace them. It's the path that they're going to be on. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. And all of the issues that come with that
2: mm-hmm.
1: will be there. Now, it doesn't mean you can't change. Right. Um, in fact, uh, it's important that that's part of the thing you demonstrate with children, is how to change. Yeah, When there's something that's not right, you need to be able to say, identify it as not right. You need to be able to do that. They need to see that. And then they need to see that you you take steps to correct it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's important in life to be able to do. Right. Um, you know, I'm watching my wife. Where, uh, she's going through a, a cancer right now that obviously we didn't ever think we'd go through. Yeah. And uh, she has had a certain kind of diet all of her life. Uh, hasn't been a bad diet at all. She's been in shape. She enjoys life. She doesn't overeat. I mean, it's, a, I would say, a pretty decent diet. Yeah. But it basically was more uh, meat and potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And and um and now that the cancer has struck, right? Um, we're we're saying, okay, is there something we can do differently? What can we learn? About our lives and, and what we've done to contribute to this in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. rather than say oh, I don't know, there's nothing that we did. Yeah. Well, I can't think of anything we intentionally did to try and get cancer. Hmm. So I could just rest there and not do anything. Or I could say what has to what could change mm-hmm. that might change something down the road. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, whatever we did to this point in her life didn't work yeah you know I mean you could say well it's a I understand it it, you can't control that stuff I get it but I still need to ask the question so I can grow not not just say well we can't do anything about that I can do something as minimal as it is and I think that's the road we want all of our kids to travel absolutely so demonstrate it, that's the key. And you're young enough, uh, you know, Jason, with your wife to be able to talk about those things and say, let's make sure our kids are learning what faith looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, often I've been asked about how I grew up, you know, cause my dad was so busy doing things. And uh, yeah, when he died, he was, um, you know, one of my best friends in the world. So his service didn't keep him from being my buddy. Mm-hmm. But one thing, though, that I remember, if you were to ask me what our family was about, even as a kid, I would say we serve people. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. Yeah, I would stop there. I didn't get all the connections. Yeah, I didn't get it. I just know that every time a kid was off school, my dad was driving him somewhere. We were, bu- you know, he's buying camps, he's making sure people get to go there. I got to go do the dishes because nobody else is going to do them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. It's not that I had a good attitude. Right. It's that I understood that our family had a certain purpose. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to agree with it, but I understood it. And to this day, I'm still jumping in and doing dishes here when necessary. So it's like, you know, I I can't encourage parents enough to think of what they're teaching their children by their actions and not just by their 10-minute devotional time that they think they're teaching them everything they need to know. Mm-hmm. Because the 10-minute devotional time may not be doing anything. Right. But your yeah. daily habits are.
0: Or if anything, it might even teach them that you compartmentalize right. your faith. Yeah. You know, And that's why I've, I've always enjoyed the fact that you're intentional about saying, you know, it's more than just that. Like it's not saying that those are bad, but you also need to carry it over in everything that you do. Yeah. You know, and and that's why even it's it's even beyond that, whether you do that or if you go to church or if you go to youth group, it's important to make the the bridge to say it's not just a church or youth group thing. This is like a a lifestyle thing. And I think that's something important to show you, show your kids as well.
1: Yeah. You know, I. I, too, I'm just really not big on that. You should have a 10 minute devotion every day. I am really big on why don't you integrate scripture into every part of life? Yeah. And because that is the road that you're you're setting for the children down the road. Um, however, I'd never stop you from saying, "Let's take ten minutes and do mm-hmm. and pray together, or whatever." That's not right. my intention. Uh, but as you said, compartmentalizing isn't good. You don't want to teach them to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you teach them to do that, you're in trouble.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, when I when I began to teach fifth grade many years ago, I was a a new teacher, idealistic in everything I did. Mm-hmm and I had a handful I'm telling you they, there were five fifth grades in the school I was in and because the new teacher comes in the the other four got together and they stacked the room with every person that was a challenge to teach hmm. and um, it was very interesting to walk into that situation for me yeah before I even started though I looked at uh, again remember I'm, I'm out of college I'm idealistic I looked at The curriculum, you know, Mm -hmm. what what I needed to teach that year, where I was supposed to go. And then I looked at the test scores of the kids. Yeah. And so I go to the principal and say, why is it that they don't know the stuff from third grade yet? I'm a fifth grade teacher. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he just looked at me like idealistic. Guy right out of college, you don't understand. First of all, the group you have is interesting. Second of all, you know, it doesn't work that way. I said, why?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What's stopping them? Yeah. He said, that's your job. All right. So I went up there and I kept asking myself, okay, what is it that's stopping these kids from being what they should be? Like I shouldn't have to teach them remedially. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they learn the fourth grade stuff or the third grade stuff when they were in those classes? Mm -hmm. And I realized something. I realized that, that the problem wasn't me telling them or any teacher saying two plus two is four—that that wasn't a problem. The problem was that the kids weren't taking personal responsibility for their learning. Mm. That the parents had to check every night to see if they were doing their homework. They had the the parents were coming in saying, "Make sure you send a list home. I'll make sure they do it." So they didn't have any ownership of the learning process. Yeah. So, I basically told the kids, you know, I give you two grades on your assignments. You're going to get an A or an F. You either did what I asked you or you didn't, mm-hmm. and those are the two grades I'm given in this class. And um, I'm not saying I, I'm not going to grade you on how well you did on anything, I, because if you did what I asked you, and you don't learn, that's my issue. Yeah. But I can't help you if you don't do what I ask you. So the first semester, I flunked just about everybody, and I had this barrage of parents come in. Yeah. And this is a kind of a wealthy school, so. <laughs> They didn't appreciate my style. Yeah, Let's just say, if I, even if I had a style, they didn't appreciate it. <laughs> but but I explained to them, I said, you know what? I'm trying to solve a long-term problem here. I'm not trying to give them a good grade. Mm-hmm. And they would look at me and say, well, then you send a list home. I'll make sure it's done. I said, I'm not doing that. And I don't want them to do it either. Mm-hmm. I want them to decide to go home and do their work. Yeah. Oh, they were furious with me. Yeah. It's a parent's job. That's fine. You can ask them when they come home. You can ask them what their homework's supposed to be. You, do what you do as a parent. I'm fine with that. I'm just not sending it home to you. Mm-hmm. You know that my kids advanced two to three years in every subject. Wow. By the end of the year. Wow. Because we found a problem. The mm-hmm. problem wasn't an academic, here's two, two is four. I mean, that wasn't the problem. Mm-hmm. Anybody could say that, anyone could teach that. The problem was that they, we weren't addressing the real issue that was stopping the learning. Yeah. And once we got into that, and plus, there were other things, I mean, because of the interesting guys I had in my room, um, we had a few um, a very, they got distracted easily. Yeah. You know. So it, there were times where all of a sudden, bizarre things were said and done, and, and I just look at them like, I don't know where that came from. That's you know, that's just a normal middle school. That's that's normal. classroom with boys. But you know how I dealt with it? I I put a four square under all the desks on the floor.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: And and when things just got really crazy, I used to say, "Clear the dust, 10 minutes of four square." Mm-hmm. And we play a game. Put them back and it all worked and things went fine. Yeah. It was like, "You know what? Right now we're all about to explode." <laughs> There's there's nothing good that's going to come out of wherever we're headed in whatever subject we're talking about. Yeah. Stop. Reset. Mm-hmm. The kids loved it. Mm-hmm. And eventually I had a really good relationship with all those kids. They did well in their subjects. Their parents ended up being okay with me. Right. And um, the teacher downstairs didn't like it because we played 4 Because you played 4 Yeah, so it was a little noisy. With... But other than that... We... Other than that, it went, it went real well, um, and and I that's what I want to encourage parents to do. It's you know it's it's okay. You you don't want to helicopter your kid. Sometimes you need to let them fail. Yeah. And then you need to talk about the process that got them to fail. hmm So that they can fix it. But if you fix it, that what what they're learning, the road they're traveling at that point is. Mom and dad need to tell me what to do to fix it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so what happens when they're on their own? Are you still going to do that? Mm. Because they're on that road. Yeah. So I I encourage you to use your time to think, how can I train this? Now, again, I know you you say these things. There's not enough time for every case out there. And if you're a parent, you're going, well, Dave, you don't understand my you know, you deal with your situation. I, you're right. I don't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just telling you. There's a basic principle here. If your child hasn't been learning, you need to look at why. Yeah. And it could be, for me, when I when I saw a kid in my day, ADHD was like new. Okay. And almost everybody was on medicine for it. Yeah. And I used to tell my parents, "Don't put them on medicine." Mm-hmm. And they go, "You you don't understand." I said, "Nah. You know, I have to have them all day, so I'm telling you, I don't care." Right, because I'm going to figure out how to use their personality. I said, do you know, here's what I think. I think that your child is actually gifted, that this is a gift and not a curse. Mm-hmm. And they would look at me again like, what is wrong with this kid? He is, <laughs> he is idealistic out of college. He's thinking, my right. kid's gifted. I'm thinking he drives me up a wall. <laughs> you know. And I'm thinking, okay. I will tell you the truth. I, when I was a kid, ADHD wasn't around. Yeah, I was, a, I was an okay student because I knew how to test. Right. I could get the grades I needed to. I never read a book in high school. I never did homework in high school. I, I used to walk out of the building and go play tennis. <laughs> I hated school. Yeah. And I kept looking back and going, and then I became a teacher. Go figure. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what happened to me in school? Why didn't I like it? hmm. Well, because I got so bored so quickly. Right. If if a teacher said something, I grabbed it. I understood it right away. I didn't need them to go into a second explanation or give us 18 assignments to reinforce it. Mm-hmm. And because they did that, my brain went into total boredom. Yeah, And I started to count the bricks in the room. And then I got yelled at for counting the bricks. You know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> sorry, I just, my mind, I'd say I don't know what happened in my mind. It just went somewhere. Squirrel. Yeah. I, <laughs> and because that's not looked at as a gift. Now today, if uh, you know you've been around, I I I think quickly. So I get bored quickly. Yeah. I'm done with things very quickly. It's like nope, that's okay. I got it. Go on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about that anymore. Because right, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't totally comprehend it. No, but I'm not staying there. You know, I want to find something I don't know that will intrigue me. I want to keep keep going. And and, yeah. and that's the gifted part mm. that you actually don't want to suppress.
0: You just got to learn how to how to tap into it. You
1: got to. And that's what I tell every parent that's working with kids, that they roll their eyes at because there's so much energy. So much. Say, please, do you, you're going to have people like my wife, when she was a kid in school, straight A's, perfect child, Listens to everything, does everything the way the teacher wanted it to. You know, in fact, when I got all those kids in my class, I, the next couple of years I taught, I asked for all the same kind of kids. Yeah, because I enjoyed that challenge. And I'm sure, all the
0: other
2: teachers again. Look like, sure, at my take
1: look at my brain though. Right. I mean, I I liked to challenge. I didn't like oh this is I'd get bored with kids who did everything you asked them to. <laughs> you know, I mean, how boring could that be? Right. So for me my mind frame was more no that's my kid mm-hmm. right there but I always asked for three I I, I know I'm going to get in trouble for categorizing people but I always asked for three really good girl students
2: hmm.
1: because I did need someone to look at once in a while and roll my eyes with <laughs> That's all and so I got three really good girls all the time, and I told them from the beginning, look, when things go on here, just look at me. I will look at you. We'll go like this, and we go on. Yeah. You know, I, and, and and life is it, it good. And those girls ended up being my best friends by the end of the year. It was like, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I get, you know, Mr. Wager. He's just, you know, he puts up with a lot, right? And we're there to help him. Yeah, you know, and they do it. I I could put kids with them, and they would tutor them, and you know, I mean, it's just right. Give me three, please, mm-hmm. that, that I can work with. And the rest of them can be anything, and I'll try and figure out what to do.
2: Yeah,
1: And I wasn't successful 100% of the time. I don't want to give that impression. There are some people, if they don't want to learn, they're not going to. Right. doesn't matter. you know. And I can't force that. You can't as a parent force mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. that's life. Yeah. Uh, but my whole thought in this program is get, really think about the path that that they're on, not just the the, um, the exit right now. So if they can't do math yet, and they're supposed to be able to, investigate what's going on during math class. Why is it they can't pay attention? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a method problem. Maybe they're making them all sit in a chair and your child needs to stand. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it could be that simple, really. Yeah. So you need to keep investigating until you figure out what, needs to be done so that that person is motivated. For me, if my teacher would have tapped into my desire to uh, help others, if all I got told was, I want you to teach this to this person that's having trouble with it, boy, I would have learned. Hmm. They never did that because I was the one they were saying needed someone to come teach. Yeah, But if they would have switched that around where I could have done some tutoring or something, then I would have said, oh, I can't tutor until I teach them.
0: And I can't teach them until I know right. it. I, and, right. And and
1: so now all of a sudden I'm motivated to learn what I should have learned in the first place. Right. And I'm actually – they did it in the scope of who I was. Yeah. And they don't – they can back off at that point. I'll go learn it on my own. I don't even need them to teach me anymore because mm-hmm. I have this responsibility. And that is what I do have. I just – also have the bored gene. I got bored too quickly, <laughs> and and that takes place in people's lives. So I don't know if you see your kids in what I'm saying or whatever else it might be, but they yeah. they they all not not with that personality or or not, but every parent goes through something where at school they're going, "Why is my kid so bored?" Hmm. Or why? Maybe not. Maybe they're like my wife. Why is my kid such a great student? Well, because that environment is perfect for them.
0: Right, right. And it all depends on the personality. It does. And, that, and that's the thing. And, and it's really just focusing, like even my boys, I'm quickly learning that each of them are uniquely different. Oh, yeah. And so you have to parent them uniquely different and respond uniquely different because they because they they learn differently. Oh, they do. Ultimately. And so the way that you talk to them, the way that you even explain things to them, preach them, is different because you, you quickly learn that they learn different. And and that's the important thing. And so therefore you have to teach them differently. That's why and you I don't get it.
1: caught on having to treat every child the same. Right. It doesn't work.
2: Right.
0: And so just focus on each one of them and and do your best, you know. And so, I mean, really the core of it is it just takes intentionality and and it's a journey. So just take it one day at a time. But uh, I encourage you, we're out of time here. So go back and listen to this. Head over to silvertranch.org and listen to this episode or even previous episode and even other podcasts that we have. But for today and now, this is Jason, Dave, and Younger Older. Take care. Bye-bye.